Hey, welcome back to the show. Today I have an interview episode with a lovely soul named Julie. Julie's been a past client as well as a member of my membership community called the Awakening Academy, and she's just a really badass woman who has managed to make some big changes in her life. So today you're going to hear about the ups and downs of what she's been through and how sometimes life can throw you some massive curveballs. I know that you're going to be able to resonate with her story and really take away some good stuff on how to take responsibility for your life, some of the manifestation mindset shifts she's made, her routines and practices that have really allowed her to make some deep and long-lasting change. One of the things I really love about Julie is how honest she is and how real she is and how life isn't always perfect. In fact, often it's messy, right? And she's a real person who has gone through real ups and downs and managed to come out the other side with a powerful mindset. And she's a really powerful manifester. I know working with her, it was incredible week to week to see how she could put her mind to something and just manifest it. So you're going to get a back end view on how she's able to do that and the things she's learned over the years. So I know you're just really going to enjoy it. She's very real. There's definitely some F-bombs that are going to be dropped. So if you're around kids, put in the headphones. And I also just wanted to let you know that at some points in this episode, the reception goes a little bit in and out. Some parts are a little bit choppy, but um, we just do our best and the show must go on despite internet problems. So I know that you'll still be able to take away so much and just sit back and enjoy this episode with Julie. Hey, Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here, and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia, and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Welcome, Julie. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm a little bit nervous and terrified and excited. That's exactly where we should be. (laughs) So Julie is a friend, a past client, a member of the Awakening Academy, and we've known each other for a couple years now. I have watched, you know, some of your, your journey and your ups and downs, and I'm really excited that you're here today. Um, To everybody listening, Julie is incredible. I'm sure that you're going to be able to relate to her story. She's got a magnetic personality. You're such a unique person. I love you so much. And I'm really excited for you to share your story and your light today with us. So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? So I've lived on Vancouver Island now for 23 years. I'm 48 years old. I've just started perimenopause. Yay me. Change in life. It's a good thing. It's always change, right? Always change. (laughs) So I am a hedonist at heart, 
And my life has always been about pleasure and feeling good and avoiding pain pretty much at all cost while inflicting it on myself, but not really knowing. I would avoid the pain at all cost and uh, focus on drinking, fucking, feasting, all the good things in life. So I thought. Anyways, I like nature, uh, painting, creating, foraging, cooking. I'm a chef by trade, but very sick of that lifestyle and all that goes with it. There's a lot of alcohol involved, a lot of debauchery, a lot of partying, and food that doesn't really make you feel good at the end of the day. So the last few years I have been on a journey to feel good, and feel better about myself in general. I have dealt with a lot of pain and trauma in my life, um, a lot of death in my family. Um, and I was molested at a young age by my babysitter. I always poo-pooed that, thinking that it wasn't really a big deal, but it really does leave a scar on your life. Um, my grandmother, who was my very best friend, she died when I was 12 years old. And that was another huge scar. And it led me to having sex when I was very young, about 13. Um, and the pleasure that went with that. Also the pleasure of having a guy interested in me and the attention that went with that. Um, I had, I guess, a very voluptuous body at a very young age. I developed boobs when I was eight years old. So by teenager years, I was quite well endowed and had a lot of guys chasing after me. So I ended up sleeping with a good portion of them, which felt good at the time, but leaves a bit of a hole. But it sure felt better than the place that I was at, missing my grandmother and not knowing how to grieve through that. Mm. Uh, and also turned to alcohol uh, because that was easy too. And sure felt a whole lot better than where I was. I have battled self-loathing through my teenage years. Um, well, who am I kidding? Up until about, oh, a year or two ago, We've been battling that one all of our life. Anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like a lot of <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> yes, I know. It started in my teenage years of huge self-loathing. And I became a mm, binge drinker. Didn't really dabble in drugs too much. Definitely booze is my poison. Battled that one up until very recently, actually. I also focused on trying to be cool. All my choices were kind of based on, is it cool? Mm. Um, will people like me? I decided to become a chef uh, because it was cool. It was also funny that I would always look at it as a easy out. It would take very little effort, very little schooling which until recently, I didn't quite realize that it's my zone of genius. I'm amazing at it. Mm. 
I'm amazing with food. And I never really saw it as a golden ticket. I just saw how much I absolutely fucking hated it while I was doing it. Also with the chef lifestyle, I ended up with a very bad sense of humor. Okay, maybe not bad, very bent, very twisted, quite sick. Uh, having four brothers did not detract from that sense of humor at all either. <laughs> so then again, it also, I was cool. I was funny. I could always get one up on the guys at work. So did you find that, did you feel that that sort of sense of humor, although part of naturally who you are, was that sort of to be cool, to be accepted by the guys around you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, also, I didn't want them to intimidate me. So you always got to get one up on them. Right. And is, is being a, a chef or a cook, is it a male-dominated profession, do you say? Very much so. Uh, I have used that as an excuse all my life as well for not getting further ahead. Mm. In my chosen profession, I could have been so much better, but it's a guy's profession, which is a total pile of bullshit. Because right. quite honestly, I just don't really have the ambition and drive to work those silly hours. So it really didn't have much to do with the men per se, it was more me. Taking responsibility. Also, if it doesn't, you know, completely light you up, you don't want to put in the hours, you know, like when, no. you know, I know you and when you're painting, you could probably paint till 3am. But when you're doing that, maybe the, the drive sort of petered out because it wasn't what you wanted to truly be doing. Exactly. Exactly. And I really just didn't know that, I could make a living outside of the commercial kitchen. Right. Yeah. No. So, so then what was, um, what was life like for you sort of before? Cause you know, the people listening don't know you don't know the changes you've made. So let's paint a picture of, you know, a few years ago, or even like you, you are painting a picture of that time in your life. So as time went on, what kind of happened? What was the snowball that was happening and where did that lead you? Okay. Uh, life truly does reflect who you are, who you were being. So I ended up calling in basically who I was. I looked like I was confident and self-assured on the inside, but I was a scared, hurt little girl still, numbing through alcohol. And I ended up attracting a partner who was a really nice guy, but a bit of a mess, kind of like where I was. And I ended up caretaking a drunk for years. Uh, blackout drinking, I was part of that as well. And at that same time, I was also looking for a better sex, sex life. I was bored with the sex I was having. It was shit, shall we say, um, because I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted, what I needed. So I ended up going into the BDSM lifestyle. And what is that for people that don't know? Um, sadism, masochism, you know, a little bit of pain. Yeah. A lot of pain sometimes. It was fun. I had a really good time. And the, the partner I ended up with was excellent for the BDSM 
amazing sex. So I got that part of the relationship and that was what I was calling in and asking for. And I got a whole lot of addiction as well. And so five years of our relationship of caretaking a drunk, I got really sick. I got very, very tired. I'd hit 40 when we got together. So everything that you have done, prior decisions, will catch up with you. It just fucking does. And I started to feel really, really awful. Um, So at the end of five years, it was all I could do to get off the couch and go to work every day. I would come home, I would lay on the couch, grab a beer, and drink until I went to sleep. I felt so sick. It was so horrible. I thought I was dying. I didn't know what was going on. I was scared shitless. My doctor was of uh, very little use. Oh, you're not an alcoholic. Don't worry about it. Yeah, okay. It's only beer. But my liver hurt. Um, Like I could feel it. It was really nasty. My kidneys hurt. I was a mess. So that was kind of my turning point. I quit drinking at that point. Started juicing, eating whole foods. And within three months... I had turned my liver around. I had, had, I had ended up having a ultrasound uh, three months after that, and my liver was perfect. So were my kidneys. Wow. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so hang on just one second. What yeah. did you decide when you kind of got to that rock bottom? Like I hear the physical things that were going on, mm-hmm. you know, drinking, um, the relationship, and just feeling like that sort of void inside is what I get as you're speaking. That's sort of what I feel. I, I just got to a point where I realized it was my responsibility, nobody else's. Mm. I wasn't going to feel better if I didn't do something. So it was me taking responsibility for myself. Yeah. And did you come to that on your own or was there like, I did. You, yeah. You, so one day you just kind of realized like, shit, if I don't make these changes, no one can make them for me kind of thing. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to die. I really did. I felt so shitty. Wow. Um, so I started, actually, my boyfriend started going out on his own because I wouldn't go with him to the pub. I was no fun anymore. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, and so while, <laughs> while he was out at the pub, I started doing yoga online. And I started watching self-help videos. Um, I started watching Alexi Panos. She had these five middle five minute little segments that I'd found on Facebook and they really helped me. They helped me see life in a different way that life could be different. And through that, I really did come to understand that my life was my responsibility, hundred percent, the good, bad, and the ugly. So everything good in my life was also my responsibility. And I put it there and I came to understand that there was a huge amount of power in that. And it was taking back and owning my own power. Whereas when I let life happen to me and make decisions for me, that I was giving it up. So it was really very cool, actually. Yeah. Did you feel like the trauma you had experienced earlier in life, did you feel like that naturally dissipated? Or did you have to at one point (laughs) face that head on? (laughs) Or yeah, that, one had to be, that had to be based for sure. Yeah. So my boyfriend ended up breaking up with me not long after this. And uh, 
Misery likes company. <laughs> I know, right? So anyways, after that, it, it, was, a, it was a pretty low point in my life, got to say. It was shitty. Uh, and part of the reason he said he broke up with me was that I was never going to have the life that I truly wanted with him. And he was so right. He is, you need to travel, create, and do all the artistic things that you want to do. You will not do them with me. And he was absolutely correct in that. Wow. That's yeah. beautiful. That's kind of like the universe coming in, you know, through someone else. Yeah seeing what you actually needed. Yeah. It's so funny. I've done a couple um, interviews now just for the show because it's just new. And I've seen a theme where every time as I'm talking to someone and they're speaking about this turning point, there's a piece where the universe comes in and does something for them without you having to actually do it. Like what I mean is you do so much of the energetic work. You have those breaking points. You have those aha moments. You have those turnaround moments. Like you did so much great work that the universe comes in and almost goes, okay, I'm going to remove this person and I'm going (laughs) to remove, you know, like he broke up with you. How beautiful that you didn't even, you know, have to sort of be like, okay, how am I going to deal with this? Because he just probably saw you changing and the relationship grew apart and you kind of got to be released of that without actually having to be the one to do it. I wouldn't have done it. Right. Uh, because of what my, where my mindset was at that point, um, and my belief system was that I would not give up on someone. So he had to be the one to give up. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Wow. Okay. Um, and so through that, I ended up, um, I didn't know where I was going. I had been trying to start my own business. Uh, that didn't go very well. I, so I had also taken less shifts at work. So I was down to two shifts. And now I have to move out of my place that I just moved into. Um, at the same time, I was still very tired. Like, this, was a long, this was a long one. And it was my thyroid that was actually really out of whack. Um, and very, very tired. So I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Anyway, my mom said, come live with me. And my dad said, oh, you can come and live with me. So, and they were both away for a couple months. So I was able to go back and forth between their two places and be by myself and create and paint. And my dad has a pottery studio and play with clay. It was awesome, actually. It was very cool. Wow. And... Then there was one night I was doing the drinking a bottle of wine by myself, feeling sorry for myself and watching Eat, Pray, Love and schnibbling away. Love those pity parties. They're good. Yeah, we all do. You know, right? And at the end, I was like, oh my God, I used to want to go to Thailand. I wanted to go back and take a massage course. Fuck it. That's what I'm going to do. Universe. That's what I'm doing. I am going to go to Thailand get me there. I'm like, okay, when am I going to go? Okay. When's the coolest time of the year? Okay. September, October. That's when I'm going. Cool. Excellent. Universe, get me there. And I kind of left it. And I just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was going. It was fucking awesome. I was like, okay, but no clue how I was getting there. And this was in about March. I'm like, okay, I'm going in September, October. Anyways, so a couple months later, I still didn't have a job. I was only working two days a week, 
a week and living at my mom's 45 and living at home. Awesome. Parents are so good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They, are. <laughs> they truly are. Um, I'm like, okay, universe, I, what am I going to do? I go, okay, I guess I'm going to have to look for work, something, a part-time job. Uh, so I went on used Cowichan online and the first thing that came up, maybe the second, not sure, was a private chef's position on Salt Spring. Mm. I, oh, for the summer. Okay. I guess that's how I'm going. <laughs> Perfect. Wow. Uh, so I applied for the job, uh, coolest job interview ever. They picked me up in a boat and took me over to this amazing estate over on Salt Spring. To, and, any, of you, to any of you listening, <laughs> Salt Spring is an island close to where we live. <laughs> which is phenomenal. It's amazing. It's a very hippy-dippy island with lots of money on it. I actually, I was there yesterday. Nice. <laughs> Funny enough. <laughs> anyway, so you get picked up in a boat. You get taken over. Yeah, got the job. Awesome. It's got two gardens. Uh, or everything is organic. It was phenomenal. So, for this job, it didn't look like I was going to be able to smoke over there. So I got rid of smoking, which is very cool. And I am still now three years and two months, no smoking. Wow. Yeah. So it just kind of felt like the right time then, because I know oh. um, that's a hard one. I personally haven't yeah. smoked, but I've been with many partners and friends that do, and I know it's a really tough one. It, it, it wasn't tough, actually, this one time. I mean, I've quit I don't know how many times, uh, but this one was actually pretty freaking easy. Mm. It was good. It just like, it was right. Let it go. Um, so the job ended up being exactly what I needed and was able to afford me to go to Thailand, uh, in, I, I I think I left on September 23rd and I was gone for two months. Wow. Five week, uh, five week massage course. It was, it was the best time I think I've ever had. It was really good. I love traveling by myself. It's just so much better than with somebody because you are forced to meet other people. Otherwise you're pretty lonely. Uh, yeah. Met the most incredible people on my trip. Most of them a whole lot younger gave me a really incredible sense of hope for the future with some of the kids that I met. They were just phenomenal, you know, really good mindsets and yeah, they were just incredible human beings. It was such a privilege to meet them. And awesome. yeah, and what was really cool is during that summer, I decided I'd want to try wanted to try ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, universe, bring the right shaman to me. I had heard that you get the shaman you deserve. That alone is slightly scary. Um but I'm like, okay, you, you can bring this to me. I need some place that I will feel safe. Uh, you know, just universe, bring me the place I need to go. So when I was in Thailand, I met this amazing young lady. Um, and she ended up telling me that she had worked in an ayahuasca lodge in Peru. Like, no way. So we decided we were going to meet there in April. Um, I think five, six months from when I'd met her. Anyways, uh, 
so we'd made those plans. It was quite exciting, very cool. And while I was in Thailand, not everything was rosy and wonderful. Um, my mother had had cancer of the colon the year prior and had half of her colon taken out. And so while I was there, I got a call from my mom saying she was sick again. And it was inoperable and there was really nothing they could do. Also, my cat had to be put down about three weeks after I had left. So yeah, there was still, you know, more death and pain and having to deal with. Yeah. So I knew I was coming home to caretaking my mom. And not that I was ever asked, but, you know, that was just kind of the situation. But I had learned a lot in the process. Uh, well, I was in Thailand about that I really needed to put myself first above and beyond anybody else. Number one priority in my life is me and my health and my sanity. I also took a yoga retreat when I was in Chiang Mai with the woman that I would do yoga with online. And it was just, well, coincidence, you know, is there any coincidence? Um, she was going to be in Chiang Mai, Thailand, the same time I was. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I have to go to this. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Um, it was the woman, sorry, it was the woman that you said you were taking yoga online when you were like changing everything, whole foods, yeah. took yoga, and then she ended up being there at the same time as you, or there was going to be a retreat there when you were there. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Cool. It's very cool. So yeah, it's like totally synergistic. I need to be there. Um, so I did go. Um, my yoga was, I was also very heavy at this point. So my yoga was very simple. I was 235 when I went to Thailand, 235 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of the yoga was very difficult for me and I actually had a really hard time being there. My headspace wasn't also fantastic, but I, I could never quite figure out why I was there. It, it wasn't obvious. And I still am not sure, other than the fact that it gave me a window into the life of possibility of being paid to travel the world. But I could do that. It put a little uh, worm in my in my mind that this is a possibility and this is what I want. Yeah. And you know what else is just coming to me as you're speaking of a reason that you went um, is also, I know we've talked about this before, but who you get to know yourself to be. And in the middle of a transformation and also in the middle of like a rock bottom, you changed your life and then clearly put an intention out through <laughs> eat, pray, love and a bottle of wine. Um, I know. <laughs> a decision was made that you're going to Thailand and you didn't know how that was to happen and you didn't see a way. It wasn't like all that money was just sitting in your bank account for a trip and all that, but it aligned. You found the right job you ended up being able to go. So I truly believe that, especially with things like trips, is sometimes the reason why you went isn't always one thing that's going to happen on the trip. It's yeah. everything leading up to it. And I can relate. I've had a, a few trips where I've straight up manifested the money exactly to go. And the trip was amazing. But something that was really left with me is like, I can create anything I want. 
And so sometimes that's the reason I believe that we go as well is like, you get to know yourself to be someone who takes trips in the middle of transformations and, you know, travels alone, especially at that point, like just exploring that and also can manifest the, whatever it is you need to take a trip, right? Like you're a powerful creator and that helped you see that and had a, a lingering memory that shows you like you can create the things you want, um, which is just so cool, you know? It really is. Good one, universe. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Like, it was awesome. So I came home. My mom was not doing well. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is kind of how I found you. Uh, I ended up having to take my mom down to a naturopath appointment um, in Victoria. And she didn't necessarily follow the protocols that he laid out at all. But... <laughs> Uh, I was able to find you through this because on his website, the nutritionist um, was you. And it said you lived in Nanaimo. So I looked you up on Facebook and you had the food Buddha at that point. So I started following you. From there, uh, with my mom being sick, um, and when I got home, I told everybody I was going to Peru in April. I'm going to go do ayahuasca. That's it. Uh, oh, also, when I was in Thailand, I had a, well, what was it? He was a Hindu Brahmin monk, a friend of mine's teacher, mentor. And he told me that not to worry about a job. It will be there when I get home. A friend will offer. Okay. Hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So, I got home. All this is going on. I'm going to Peru. Uh, didn't know how I was getting there. Uh, didn't have a job. And uh, a friend of mine phoned me. Are you looking for work? I'm just starting, or she had started a restaurant and had needed a new cook. I'm like, yep, I'm in. Perfect. As long as you know, I'm going away for three weeks in April. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I was able to caretake my mom and live at her place. Uh, She basically paid the bills. I brought in a little bit, food and whatnot, and I just saved for my trip, which was pretty fantastic. Um, Drove her to appointments. Um, and she started taking chemo and things were doing a little bit better. And thank God we got a couple months of her uh, where she rallied a bit and we had a really good Christmas and a really good Easter together. And then she, the chemo no longer worked and she started her decline. Um, well, I went to Peru and I did get a lot of slack for that one from people and judgment. Um, But I knew myself, I needed that time off. I was going to need that break. At this point, I was ready to kill her. You know, it's like, okay, forget life doing it for you. We'll do it. Um, But, uh, yeah. What was that, just if I can ask? Is it because of the intensity of caregiving or because she was so close to the end where you almost get to be where it's like it's better for her to go? Oh, no, the intensity of caregiving. Right. While, right, I was right. looking, while I was looking after my mother, um, I had apologized to her. I said, I am so sorry, mom, that I'm not the caregiver that you need. And she's like, that's okay, dear. You have other gifts. She's <laughs> 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 <Aww. laughs> doing an amazing job. Like she, she was so awesome. She really was. But she really was very um, clingy, needy. And I had a really hard time with that. So my trip to Peru was uh, really aptly timed. Uh, 
I definitely needed to get out of there. And her best friend came over to caretake her. So I went to Peru and I did ayahuasca down there. For those of you who don't know what ayahuasca is, it is a very healing hallucinogenic plant from South America. Uh, so I went down there to do this and this was to face my demons. Everything in the past um, that was no longer serving me is what I wanted to have healed or brought to the surface. Um, that being the, the deaths in my family, um, any healing that had not happened there, and the sexual molestation when I was a kid. And also to look at the addictions, especially the alcohol. It was a very cool experience. The first couple times weren't a whole lot, but that last trip that I had was like a train hitting me. Uh, it was incredibly intense, but the very cool thing that it did was helped you to go into your past and your memories and look at them from a very objective point of view. It was like you were in the room watching everything happen with no emotion attached to it. So you were able to integrate and forgive things that had happened to you. Wow, that's powerful. I've heard that, that you almost become like um, a witness to your journey. Very much so. That's very, very much so. And it had started, the journey had started with the most incredible feeling of love for me. Mm. I've done enough drugs and stuff to know that, you know, when you get that, um, like maybe an ecstasy thing or an MDMA that you love everybody. This was completely the opposite. It was a love for me. The universe loved me and it was giving me a hug, telling me that everything was going to be okay. That's it amazing. was very cool. Very, very cool. And then you started to go into your memories or I started to go into my memories and looked at them until I got to the molestation. That was the last one. And it was incredible. It was very, very cool. I got to talk to mini me, a little seven-year-old girl and tell her how proud I was of her. And there was memories that came up that I didn't remember of me actually standing up to the guy and telling him no after a period of time. I don't know how long it had gone on for, but I had finally said, no, I'm going to tell my mom. And he never bugged me again. I didn't remember this. <laughs> so it was kind of empowering at the same time. It was very cool. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. And did you feel those, did you feel that relief and that healing when you got back as well? Did that feeling linger? Did those impacts linger? They did, but it also brings everything to the surface. And now you deal with everything that has happened since then. All your choices, all that kind of shit is still there, right? It's now just learning how to integrate those things and heal everything else that has come after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, you know, when you're doing things that aren't good for you and you can totally ignore them, <laughs> you know, like yep. the drinking, I continued to drink for years. I was still not doing amazing. Uh, but when I got back, I went back to Salt Spring for the summer. And that's when you started the good feeling life and I started following you faithfully. And it really helped get me through the time with my mom. 
And so she passed in the fall, uh, October 1st, 2018. And by the end of this, I was beyond exhausted. I just fucking done. And at, around this time, I found a book by L. Russ, Paleothyroid Solution. And I started to take more responsibility for my own health, the mind, body, and soul, everything to do with it. And really started looking to correct my thyroid because my doctor wasn't really helping me. I was so tired. And the thought of going back into a kitchen wasn't terribly appealing, but I didn't know what else to do. Uh, I took a few months off after my mom passed and my brothers, very sweet of them, uh, they paid for a trip to Mexico for me, which was really nice. And I came back and I ended up working in a kitchen and I just didn't really know how to get out of it. So I hired you as a coach. <laughs> and I remember you telling me, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I don't know if those were my exact words. <laughs> yeah, I think you actually did use that. I think you did because it's like, what are you doing? You hate this. Why are you doing this? Because I hate it so much that I know I'm not going to stay. <laughs> but you're staying. Why are you doing this? Anyway, I finally did get it. <laughs> but through that summer, while you were my coach, I went through a pretty dark time. I was trying to trust the universe, but at the same time, trying to tell it how to do things didn't really work real well. At the same time, I knew I was going to be okay. I was trusting that all my bills would be paid, but it didn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. And I had a really hard time with that one. But by the end of the summer, I was able to release that and really just from then on, I've been able to let the universe guide me. And I've known that my bills are going to be paid and every single one of them is paid. I, I haven't worried since then. It's been really quite awesome. So how would you recommend or what would be your advice for people around that, around trusting, around trusting yet still having control and that slow pro it's not even it doesn't have to be slow but let's just be honest for most of us it's slow, it's slow. <laughs> that detachment of like trying to trust um you know how yeah. do you do that be easy on yourself just be easy on yourself the trust is there and you know the universe has your back you know it but it doesn't look like what you want and it might not and each time gets easier every time gets better and just letting go and diving in and just knowing that we're going to be okay. We are in this meat suit on a speck of dust, right? <laughs> we're yep. going through our solar system. Like we're, we're literally smaller than a speck of dust. We're all going to be okay. We're just the universe experiencing itself. We're supposed to be here and it's all going to be good. If you're looking at it from um, a lack point of view that it's not going to be there and that's where your mindset is, that's what's going to come up. But the more you know that it is going to be okay, it just it just shows up. It's so fucking weird. It just does. Yeah. So you tell know? us about that. Tell us about um, like what life is like for you now in that way. Like what does trusting look like? What do you mean things, you know, showing up? Like how do you experience this? I don't ask for a lot anymore. It's quite weird. Before I used to have lists and lists and lists of things I was asking. And I don't ask a lot lately. Um, but when I do, I find that it's here very quickly, within days. 
universe. Oh shit, ours. Um, it may not be a huge sum of money, or but it's exactly what I need. Universe, I need some money. Can you please send me something? I got a couple friends who are asking me to do some stuff for them. Cool, awesome, <laughs> thank you. You know, I lost hours at work. Oh shit. Universe, can you make this up? Okay, here it is. You know, it just it just works. I remember when we were working together, the massage table. <laughs> it, was, it was quite a few things that you lot you said I wanted, and then you're writing me or sending me a voice memo hours later, going Talia. And I remember there was a few weeks there where it was like in between our calls, it was like you called in all these things that you needed, right? So. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it, that was just, that was so funny to watch you. So fun to watch that sort of, yeah. when you're in flow, you're in flow. You ask for a massage table and the next day someone's going, I don't need this massage table. Do you know anyone who wants it? And it's just exactly. But the one thing that I really did get out of our time together with you as my coach was I started to love myself. And that was the biggest change in my life. It was huge. What does that look like? Like, what is, how does it feel now compared to before? It's easy. It's just easy. A friend of mine had lost a bunch of weight and I was admiring like how awesome they looked. Oh no, no, no. I, I, I still like, still I got the tummy. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You look amazing. But I still got the tummy. It's like, oh my God, I remember that. I had lost 90 pounds and I didn't see it in the mirror at all like you have a clue because the clothes are a few sizes different but in the mirror I still look the same you know and that really doesn't change a lot so you really need to love the person that's there because it doesn't change no matter how much that weight fluctuates there's always going to be something fucking wrong oh my god look at those wrinkles oh my god my nose is too big oh my tits are drooping what the fuck ever there's always something going to be wrong. So you need to seriously love who you see there. Right. I've heard something that's saying, like, if you keep looking for things that are wrong, you're going to find them. Yeah. So you got to start looking for what's right, because then you'll find it, right? Exactly. You know, and it just made everything so much easier. And as soon as I started loving myself, I started treating myself just so much better. It's like, oh, I love you. I'm not going to treat you like shit. I'm not going to do things that harm you. So you find that your actions change as you're loving yourself. You're, Absolutely. The things they you're start, doing. They yeah. start to reflect that love. You know, if, if you saw somebody you loved doing these things, harming themselves, you would want them to change. <laughs> so it's like, okay, maybe I really do need to look at that. So I stopped drinking. Uh, I've been sober five months. And... About a month ago, I started drinking again. And the amount that I started to feel shitty was unreal. I felt fucking horrible within three weeks. I was depressed. I was miserable. Yeah, it was, it was really awful. I was like, okay, that's done. I don't need this in my life anymore. And it was just like that one more little kick or kick of the can that I needed to get it out of my life. And I'm feeling so much better. It's really quite awesome. Isn't it funny how we, I mean, I don't believe that there's any rules that we have to do. Everybody's journey is different, but just for the sort of casual sake, it's like, it's funny how we have to digress to learn. Yes. If there's anybody listening that feels like they're constantly digressing, 
just like that is so normal. I definitely experienced that. Um, you're yeah. you know, saying it perfectly and beautifully that, you know, we, everything will even be going so good. And it's like, we just have to sabotage just a little to, and it's not even actually sabotage. It feels like it's it is the moment, but you look back and go like, okay, I just needed that reminder. I was almost getting too complacent. It's like, is drinking really that bad? It would be really fun. You know, the weather's warm and there's all these reasons and then you do it and it doesn't feel good. So for some of us, it's drinking for other people. There's, you know, there's food, there's shopping, there's, you know, anxiety. It's like, we kind of slip into feeling good and think, oh, it's not that bad. And we kind of have to backtrack in order to go, right. That's why I had stopped. Yeah. And just the process that it is. I mean, I'm now, this is four years, four years of trying to feel better and feeling better. I mean, I feel fucking great. My head's awesome. I, I like who I am as a person. I still fuck up. I still got a long way to go. Um, but every day is better. And I feel really good. <laughs> That's fucking fantastic because I sure didn't. That is so amazing. So now you're also um, entering a new chapter of wanting to help other people, right? Absolutely. I am so excited about this. So I I am starting my blog. I am terrified. I'm not exactly sure what it looks like yet. It's going to be a big learning curve. Anyway, it's going to be called The Holistic Hedonist. Mm, I love that. And I'm also going to be putting my art online. So this is very exciting. Wow, that's incredible. You have some amazing art. I love your West Coasty, beautiful, I can't even describe it. It's so unique. I love your style. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. My octopuses. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, you know, you're saying like you're kind of nervous, you have no idea how it's going to work. What's driving you forward to do it if you have no idea how it's going to work or what, you know, how it's going to pan out? Actually, I'm not sure what's driving me necessarily other than I need to share. I need to, I didn't think I had a lot to say, but I think I do. I know a lot. I have a ton of knowledge from my years of cooking um, and how to apply that to make a, well, quote unquote, diet taste good because it's not about diet. It is about lifestyle. And especially if you're dealing with any autoimmune disease and stuff like that, it is 100% diet that you need to drive forward to heal. Um, So that's basically what my blog is going to be about. It's going to be about food and feeling good and fucking foraging and feasting and having fun. That's Uh, a lot of Fs. I love that. I know, right? (laughs) Why do you feel like helping people is what's next for you? Expressing yourself, you know, sharing what you've learned. Why do you think that's important for you right now? Why has that been calling you? Because keeping it inside is selfish. I know a lot. And if I can help anybody, even one person, mm-hmm. fucking great. If I can help anybody heal, anybody get out of their fucking rut uh, and realize that change is possible, that would be fucking awesome. And to make it as easy as possible and doable. Uh, yeah, doable being like number one. Yeah. And so they're, they're not alone. You know, I'm down um, almost 40 pounds in the past eight months, feeling great. And none of this is through a diet per se. It is a lifestyle and it's a change. And treating myself right because I love me. Yeah, as soon as I stop dieting and trying, 
Thank you, Talia. Uh, guess what? It started to come off. <laughs> yeah, weird how that happens. It was, eh? it was pretty awesome. Wow. So if there really? are women, if there are women listening that are feeling like they are living a life that is not serving them, unhealthy habits, um, feeling like a lack of maybe purpose or drive or have no idea like how to sort of turn this around. What would you recommend? It sounds like your journey, like a lot of ours, is has been very incremental. You know, as you know, I like to talk about incremental upgrades because I do believe we can have complete transformations, complete turning points overnight. But there is a lot of work that happens incrementally leading up to those big aha moments or, you know, leading or after you have the big aha moments, you still got to get to work and implement the changes, right? So what would you recommend for women feeling a version of what you used to feel like wanting to make these changes wanting to use the law of attraction because we haven't really straight up said that but this is you know what has really allowed you to make those changes because your focus changed and you know your habits changed and you know over time all of that happened so how what would you recommend for other women wanting to make those types of changes and incrementally you know make a transformation Number one is taking 100% responsibility, 100% responsibility for yourself and your actions. Mm -hmm. And just knowing it's all up to you. That's where I started was just knowing it's up to me. But at the same time, go easy on yourself and start small. Make one small change of doing something really nice for yourself daily. Every fucking day, do something good for yourself to make yourself feel better be it a pedicure or five minutes to meditate, uh, do yoga, just little tiny upgrades over time lead to huge changes. Within that, it's taking responsibility for yourself, especially where your health is concerned. That one I'm pretty big on is you're the only one who knows how you feel inside. Your doctor doesn't know your counselor doesn't know, your coach doesn't know, you're the only one who can know how you're feeling inside. It is up to you. It is not up to anybody else, no matter how much money you pay them, they can't fix you. You're the only one that can do it. And it's a slow process, uh, as much as we would like it done now. Um, It's kind of why I did the ayahuasca, it was a shortcut. Uh, But there is still a ton of work that goes with that after the fact um and enjoy the journey enjoy the process uh, yeah by feeling good doing something nice for yourself every day those things are um beautiful tools for us all and reminders because they sound simple but that's what all of this is you know to everybody listening and to you and to me it's like this is the transformational tools are usually the ones that sound too simple. I really believe that when someone has an incredibly complex system to bring you from here to there, they're probably just trying to reinvent the wheel or charge a lot for their program or whatever it is, because the it, it is very basic. It is very simple, but the change comes in doing it right? The change comes in incrementally upgrading or implementing these things over time, practicing them, right? That's why we call all this stuff a practice is, 
you can't just do it once. These are beautiful tips. So taking responsibility for your life, being kind on your, to yourself, treating yourself well, doing things that feel good and enjoying the journey. Those are absolutely beautiful takeaways, Julie. I, I love that. And are there daily tools that you do? Like I know that you journal a lot, but are there daily tools that you, that have just fucking made the hugest difference for you? Journaling is number one for sure. Well, how do you journal? Um, um, I started my journaling thanks to my mom um, with the artist's way. I would sit down and I journaled for 45 minutes every day. Anything, any garbage in my head, it doesn't matter. It just comes out, especially if I'm in a bad space. It's just put it down on paper, get it out of your head. Once it's out of your head, you can go on with your day. And then you don't have that fucking loop running around your head. Well, what if and what if and that thing going round and round. Put it on a piece of paper, get it out of your head. Made a huge difference in my life. Uh, so I still do that daily. And that's my time in the morning. I take an hour to myself every morning to do that. I also do yoga almost daily. Try and drink as much water as I possibly can. And I do try to meditate at least 10 minutes a day. For meditation, I know that you're someone that has a hard time visualizing. We've talked about that a bit. That yeah. you know, everybody is so different to all you listeners. Some people just aren't designed to visualize. So meditation doesn't have to look like any one way. So tell us how meditation looks to you. Like if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, what, what does that look like for you? Um, I focus on my breath and focusing on what I can hear. When I'm up early, I tend to listen to what's outside. Uh, the birds chirping. I've got a creek in the back, which is awesome. The wind through the trees. Um, and also sometimes just even focusing on the senses. Uh, even if your eyes are open, just what can you see? What can you hear? What can you taste? What can you feel? Can you feel the fabric against your skin? Like that kind of stuff. Uh, wind blowing through the hair that you forgot to shave. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Just focusing outside of your head is basically the easiest way to do it. Yeah. I yeah. love that because that does also bring you to the present moment, which mm. is basically all meditation techniques. They are doing that in some way or another, whether it's a guided meditation, visualization, um, just clearing your mind, being quiet, whatever. It's all to bring you to this present moment. So that's one of my favorite ones to do too. And I, I love doing that one when I, in quotes, can't meditate, meaning like yes. I'm on a ferry or I'm driving or I'm, you know, busy or I'm with the kids or something where I can't just like pull out my pillow, mm -hmm. give myself a clear 45 minutes, get everybody to shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, like when I can't do that, I will focus yeah. on I will focus on the way my clothes feel and those beautiful examples, you know, you said of what can you hear? What can you smell? What can you, you know, feel? Um, and it's so powerful. It's really, really powerful. So that's a great meditation technique. Exactly. That's so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Is there anything, any last things that you want to share to the people listening, which are, you know, incredible, beautiful souls on a spiritual path, wanting to amplify, wanting to take it up a level, wanting to really master the law of attraction, you know, transform all that stuff. Is there any last advice for the women listening? Okay. Uh, well, law of attraction, start small. 
just start small and keep believing because it does fucking come. Uh, I started with parking spaces. I'm still really good at parking spaces. I fucking love Costco for that. It's like, please, thank you. <laughs> Drive right in every time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know. It's the easiest one. Um, and it just, they're little things and it just spurs you on to more. Small little upgrades that, okay, I'm going to ask for this. Like I ask for paints, um, canvases, and the money for them shows up um, or a place to buy them cheap, you know, just things you need. Just ask for what you need and they will show up. Um, also, if you're having a hard time, um, like for manifesting and stuff like that, ask the universe, what am I not seeing? What's blocking me here? And that will show up too. Also being grateful. For fucking everything. Mm. For everything. Even the shit that comes. Yeah. Even the garbage. Try and work yourself around to being grateful for it and what it's teaching you. Yeah. Be grateful for the lesson. Maybe not for what's happening, but for the lesson that comes out is always awesome. But look for the best in everything. You know, find the beauty in a flower or a blade of grass. The perfection that is there in everything. And be awestruck by the wonders that are out in nature. These change your mindset. And when you start changing your mindset, that also helps with the law of attraction because you're bringing, you're becoming more in alignment with good things. If you're becoming more aligned, then it's easier to call it in. Hence the self-love. If you love yourself, it's so much easier <laughs> because you're yeah. no longer trying to fight something. Yeah. Uh, it just, as I've been finding that one, when I do ask now, it is so much faster so much faster. Yeah, I agree though. When you're resonating at love, when you're resonating at self-love, you do become a magnet. Like you really do. And the, to come back to the gratitude piece you just said, you inadvertently without even intending to, you become grateful for yourself. You know, you could be focusing on that, but if you're just focusing on self-love and you're you're learning to love your body, learning to love your personality, your quirks, your your traumas, your everything, every part of yourself when you do that, you start resonating at the frequency of love, which is the frequency of creations. By focusing really on self-love, you also just amplify all of that, the gratitude, the manifestation, everything. It, it is very powerful. Yeah, very um, much is. Amazing, Julie. Well, thank you so, so much. I love hearing your story and hearing the twists and turns. And, you know, I know that a lot of us can relate to how things are messy sometimes, you know, life gets a little crazy, but by taking responsibility. And I love how you said you took responsibility for the good things too, because that's something a lot of people say, okay, I'll take responsibility for all the bad things I've created. And it's not about that. It's not about getting down on yourself. It's radical responsibility is that I can change this. Yes, I may have created it, but let's not dwell in that. It's the fact that you can change it. And the good thing you also created too, which is just you know, it's so important to see that. I think it was actually Abraham. I'm pretty sure it was in an Abraham talk where she started getting really excited in the beginning of her journey going, I created that. I created that. I created that. You know, your car, your bike, your computer, your partner, your friends, your clothing. Like, I created that. I created that. And that really helped her in the beginning to get on board with this manifestation is it's not just about the bad things that you created. It's about all the miracles that you created. And actually, I think that that's 
such a powerful piece is like acknowledge that yes, those, those challenges um, are there and you can change them and look at all the amazing things you've already created. Well, that's where the power is. We're giving our power away constantly when we're blaming everybody else for what's wrong in our life. That's giving other people power over you. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Take it back. Turn the fucking TV off. Turn off the news. Shut off your Facebook feed. Yeah. If if it's causing you to have a shitty mindset or freaked out or anxious, turn it off. You don't need it. There's no fucking reason for this this in your life right now. It's totally unnecessary. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much, Julie. Thank you so, so much. And I really look forward to um, seeing what comes of, you know, your journey and your path. As soon as you have the link to your blog, give it to me and I will be putting it in the show notes. So everybody listening, make sure to look for that and follow Julie on her journey because she's got a lot of cool things to say. The way that you break down change is just really relatable, really, you know, manageable and, um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people out there that could really learn a lot from Julie. So make sure to check out her blog. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today and sharing your heart and your vulnerability. I know it's not, you know, always easy, but we benefit from it. So I really appreciate it, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. Cool. Take care. Hey love, thank you for listening to today's episode. I really hope you got some incredible value from it. And if you did, pretty please head over to iTunes and leave me a review and hit the subscribe button. This really does make a huge difference in the success of the show. And it really shows me that you want this type of training, tools, techniques to hack law of attraction and have you manifest fast. Thank you in advance for that. And before I go, I want to remind you that there is a version of yourself that already has what it is that you want, already has the manifestations, already has the love, the abundance, the success, the freedom, the self-confidence, and everything else that you could want. So what I'm going to encourage you to do today is to envision her, embody her, ask what's her energy about, what's her mindset set like and what advice does she have for me today as you do this my love you awaken her you quantum align you collapse time and you make yourself able to manifest the life you want so much quicker have a fantastic day and i will see you in the next episode